This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. And thank you to our special sponsors, iris.co.uk. Martin, you saw a great video just recently from Iris, didn't you? Yeah, well, I think people don't know Iris is they were ahead of the game for MTD phase one because they were the first software there to be listed as approved by the HMRC TD filing. And guess what? They're fully prepared for the next. So they've got an MTD webinar on demand that you can catch up with at any time. Rob, where do they go to to see this? It's iris.co.uk forward slash MTD webinar. That stands for making tax digital for our international listeners. And there's some great stuff there that you need to know to guide you through the whole making tax digital initiative. So iris.co.uk forward slash MTD webinar. Right, Martin? That's right. So wherever you are in your journey, Iris know that they have the knowledge and tools to help you in the next steps. That's iris.co.uk forward slash MTD webinar. Welcome to our expert interview today, and I'm thrilled to have with me today the delightful Christine Nicholson. Good day to you. Hi, Rob. Great to have you with us, Christine. For people that haven't come across you, briefly tell us about where you're coming from in this accounting fintech space. So I am a qualified accountant, and the first thing I did when I qualified was I immediately got out of accounting dodge. Um, qualifying as an accountant opened lots of doors for me, and now I'd like to think that I could be the accountant's great friend um, because I can bring to the table a lot of things in terms of engagement with the client that typical accounting practices, struggle, especially smaller practices, uh, struggle with. And I specialize in exit and succession planning. So what would have to be happening in a, an accounting firm owner's mind for them to say, quick, let's get Christy Nicholson in here? Oh, this is a great one. So first of all, any owner-managed business where the owner is well into their 50s or their 60s, if you've got those, you need to be having those exit conversations. Uh, because one way or another, 100% of business owners leave their business. And sometimes it's just not the way they would like to. What kind of shape do you feel the accounting profession is in right now? I think they're in a, a state of flux. I think there are they're, they're, there's almost like three tiers. There's people who actually are completely nailed where they're going and how they can offer more value to their clients. And that and that's great. The good ones that are doing that are, are really offering great value to, to their potential clients. Then there's a whole load in the middle who talk about this value-added stuff, but I don't think they really understand how they can do it or do it effectively. And then, of course, there's the old guard of, mm, I'm just going to stick with compliance and that's going to get me through. Um, so I really see those three levels and, and, and I see a lot more in that middle. I know I've got to change. I just don't know how to do it. Yeah. And you allude to the aging workforce. The younger ones are coming through. They're looking for different lifestyles, different things from their job. So what, in your view, can accounting practices firms do to serve these almost two different markets? In one way, I think there's a there's a there's a double whammy here, because uh, accountants can to, to make themselves attractive to the next generation of accountants that are coming in, they have got to get a grip with the fact that accounting is more than compliance. So providing new trainees with that experience uh, and an understanding and allowing them to get to know customers and and their clients and what their clients want. And then providing them with the support to deliver that support to potential clients. Um, so, so bringing in new blood, which all, all accounting practices are struggling with at the moment, by making accounting attractive is one way. But of course, that in the other side of things really serves their clients because 
if they're training their new employees, not just to become what I call compliance accountants, but actually gain the business experience and actually gain an understanding of what their clients want, then you've automatically got a practice that's more equipped. The problem with accountants is, and, and I know this is a sweeping generalization, but because they want to be seen as helping the clients by knowing everything, that actually fails the client. By asking the client what their challenges are, you're going to serve the client better. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but it's so true. No, it's the theme that comes through, Martin Bissett, and I have addressed that. You don't need to have all the answers, just a lot of the right questions, and that will lead you to the right answers. But you, it's okay saying let's make accounting more attractive as a profession, but accounting firms' practices themselves need to build up their own employer brand to say, okay, accounting's good, come to our firm and not the firm down the road. So how do they do that? One of the things is having a modern approach to their practice. You know, if you're stuck in the compliance loop, which for me is like being in room 101, um, anybody who doesn't know what room 101 is, go and read 1984 by George Orwell. It's, it's a personal kind of hell. So it, but if you're stuck in that compliance loop, the, the new accountants coming through know that there is more to accounting than compliance. And they're genuinely, from my experience, genuinely interested in being more business focused as opposed to compliance focused. Compliance has its place, but it's part of a suite of services. And actually, it's much more interesting to understand the nuts and bolts of how a business works. Because um, let's face it, businesses are all around human beings. Uh, human beings create complexity. And the job of the accountant is to create order out of people's chaos. They should be the experts on how to run an effective business. You kind of have to get your own house in order first. You're speaking to succession there too, because when you bring new talent in, you have to show them a vibrant career path that they're going to be engaged with where they're not chained to a desk for 10 to 15 years. So they not just want to stay and work with you, but they want to take over and take on leadership responsibilities and replace you ultimately, particularly if you do want to sell. Absolutely. And I think one of the challenges for accounting practices is get this getting and keeping customers. So you, you fight really hard to get the customer and then you've got to keep the customer. And it's the same with staff. You've got to fight really hard to get the staff and then you put them through training and then you've, you, you've got to keep them. Well, one of the easiest ways to do that in terms of showing the way forward is to have a culture in your practice where everybody, every employee could be a potential rainmaker for you. Every employee could be either seeing the opportunities for you to add value to your clients or actually making those opportunities. So there'll be some of your staff in any accounting practice that you would not put in front of a customer in a million years. And that's fine, because if they're the kind of analytical, detail-focused people, what they'll do is they'll see the opportunities that they then, you need to just create an, a culture where they can say, hey, payroll person, for example, I've noticed that over the last four or five months, this client has been regularly taking on staff, and the trend is that they've doubled their headcount in the last 12 months. Now, that's an interesting conversation to proactively go to that client with. You wouldn't necessarily want to send your payroll person in, but you would want to send someone else in to say, I see you're growing. Right? The first thing is you're actually saying to someone, I see you. I, all clients want is, I mean, literally they are screaming, please make me feel special. And any accountant that picks up the phone to the client and says, I've seen that you've doubled your headcount in the last 12 to 18 months. 
they are saying, you're so special, I've seen you. We notice you. And I love your mantra that business development is everyone's job because everyone in a firm can open up a conversation, can ask a question, can say something nice to a client or even a colleague and notice something. And that's what this is about. I get that. What about the firms that ignore succession? They ignore this kind of planning in advance. What happens to them? Oh, you're seeing it already. I've had multiple conversations with people who are saying, and this is just so heartbreaking. I've been in business 25 years and I'm spending the next three years winding my practice down. Like, why would you spend 25 years building it? Like, you wouldn't build your house and then say, yeah, I don't want to live here anymore. I'll just take it down brick by brick. Ah. <laughs> in terms of the, the change in landscape, COVID is giving us a VUCA world. You've come across this term, Christine, that volatility, that uncertainty, that complexity, ambiguity. Clients are looking for something different from accountants. They're looking at different ways to engage accounting services. Talk to us about the journey they're going on and what they're looking for in an accountant. The one thing that I noticed in COVID was that there, there was a distinct two sides of accounting. So there was a number that put on their out of office and just disappeared, like my staff are on furlough. And then, of course, there was the other ones that were in working their tails off to support their clients. And I think it's those that are willing to accept that, you know, they've got their own vulnerabilities, their own uncertainties. And everything that goes on in your practice is actually a reflection of what plenty of other businesses and business owners are experiencing. Actually, all you really need to do is have some empathy. And you don't need to look too far. You don't need to look too deeply for other people's problems. You're experiencing them in your practice yourself. And as you said, accountants don't have to have the answers. They just need to ask the really good questions. And one of the things I can guarantee is in your accounting practice, if you ask a client a question and you don't know the answer and you actually don't know what to do with their answer, I'm pretty sure you know someone who does. You know someone in your network that can help you. I get that. And accountants and empathy don't normally go together in the same sentence, but it doesn't take much to take an interest. And we've seen accountants in these challenging times not just be that trusted advisor or financial, maybe CFO, but they've become consultants, therapists, psychiatrists, counselors, friends, talking about the awkward stuff, haven't they? The, the life stuff. And that takes a different skill set. Yeah, I think that we are now in the age where the accountant can be the trusted advisor and actually being seen as the first place to go, not just compliance, but actually I've got a problem. I don't know where to find the answer. I don't. And clients will may even say, I don't even know whether you have the answer. If I just say this out loud, if I ask this question out loud, maybe I'm not even asking the right question. So uh, and accountants can really fill that space. They're ideally placed. You're absolutely right. And, and they have amazing networks. I mean, the one thing I know about practice accountants is they have the deepest networks, but they don't necessarily make those networks work for them. In terms of the awkward conversations, the emotional conversations that have to be made commercially, you often talk about the four Ds, don't you? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So with succession and exit planning, uh, I often hear, oh, but I'm never leaving my business. And sadly, well over 50% of all business owners actually have these four Ds and they'll have one of them, possibly even more. Uh, obviously, the most extreme is death, but more likely to happen is disease, disability and divorce. 
You don't plan for them to happen to you. They just happen. And it's how prepared you are to deal with these things. Or, I mean, obviously, if you're dead, you, you don't care. But then the mess that you left behind that your family now have to cope with the loss of a loved one, the loss of their income and a business that they might be ill-equipped to manage or even take forward. So the more prepared you are for those four things, then the more prepared you are for a voluntary exit, um, no matter what form that might take. But being prepared adds value. So you can add value absolutely today because tomorrow one of those four things might happen to you and you can do something about it today. How can accountants help their own clients with things like this without a whole load of training and hard work and psychiatric therapy coaching courses and things like that? So the first thing is, and it's the one thing that you can do today that will immediately add value, not only to your practice, but it will add revenue to your practice straight away. And that is do a filter on all of your clients and literally filter them by, by age where the business owner is still working in the business. It's that is your primary contact. Maybe between 20 and 40% of every practice will have business owners who are still working in their businesses, who are over the age of 50 or 60, who have no succession plan whatsoever. And it's a really, it's a one sentence conversation. I'm not being rude, but I observe your age. What are you doing to protect the value of your business that you fought really hard to build? Ask that one question, guaranteed it will make a change to your practice. And do you find that business clients of accountants are thinking that they'll live forever and they don't like to bring up stuff like this and it is actually the accountant's job to bring it up in the conversation? Absolutely. Everybody thinks they're immortal. And, and of course, we all are right up until we aren't. You know, nobody wants to face the fact that something negative might happen to them. And, and then the sad thing with business owners, and I, I, you know, I, have, I am one myself, but I have been one employing hundreds of people. We all think that we're completely bulletproof. <laughs> it's kind of part of the entrepreneur psyche. Well, I'm 57 this year. I had a stroke six years ago that was very unexpected and swipes you sideways. I'm blessed still to be in the game, but I've got some after effects of that. And as a non-drinker, non-smoker, fairly healthy guy, you'd expect me to live forever. And I've always said to my kids that I'll live till I'm 100 because my death certificate has an expiry date. And I joke with them on that, but I always thought that would. But things like that, they do knock you backwards and they do help you recalibrate your life and make tough decisions. But you want really to be making those decisions before that kind of stuff happens to you. The one thing that always brings in conversations for me is when I talk to people who phoned me potentially quite out of the blue, I, you know, I won't know them from Adam and they've suddenly discovered me. And I always say, what's triggered this conversation? And I can honestly say nine times out of 10, this is a person who's in their 40s or their 50s who's recently lost a friend of a similar age or recently lost a family member well before they were expecting to, because you're looking in the mirror of your own mortality then. I mean, I, I wasn't aware of your situation. I mean, your, your bounce back it, it is extraordinary because most people don't. That's another show in itself. Tell us, when you work with accountants, do you help and your area of expertise with uh, exit planning and succession planning, do you help the accounting firms themselves to sell, Christine, or do you help the clients of accounting firms? I'm very lucky that I do both. So I have a client at the moment who is a practicing accountant. It's not the first one that, I, that I've had, and it helps them prepare 
because certainly with accounting practices, we've got a partnership model as opposed to a limited company model. It's, it's a little bit different, but uh, actually helping them get their own mindset and preparation in place has helped them identify clients that they can work with and then where they get to the limits of their capacity to help. Because sometimes it's a, it's a volume thing. You know, some clients need a lot more help and support. But a, but a, a lot of the work I do, certainly from a mentoring perspective, the, the, the biggest journey is the seven inches between your ears. Actually starting to think about succession planning and exit planning when you, you've got the attitude of, no, I've built this and I'm never going to leave. It, there's a slight mindset shift that you've got to get around. So one of the things I do know is that for the people who actually get themselves through that seven inches, which is really tough, when they come out the other end, they always say the same thing. I wish I'd done this earlier. So you can help an accountant generate more fees for their firm, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always say, if I work with a practice of accountants, I refer your client back to you for more money. Uh, whilst I'm an accountant, I have no interest in being in practice at all. But I really like for accounting practices as a whole to have more engagement with their clients. And if I can help increase that engagement, that would be great because the benefit is for the client and also for the practice. And presumably in today's international world, you can work with accounting firms and their clients anywhere. Uh, I'm SEMA qualified. So uh, one of the things I always said with pride is I've never done audit. I, I've managed audits from within a client, but I've never done an audit. So I can't do that work. And, and I don't do tax. I mean, paying my tax accountant is the best money I spend <laughs> personally. So, so I don't compete with it with accountants at all, um, which means that because I don't deal with those compliance issues and those tax issues, the mechanics of business is the, pretty much the same worldwide. And, and I have been very lucky. I've had clients in the Far East. I've had clients all the way across the States in the past. And just for our international audience, SEMA, the Chartered Institute of Management Accountants, tend to go less into practice and more into industry and businesses as in-house accountants, don't they, Christine? Um, uh, absolutely. And I was very lucky that all my training was done with an American company, actually, based in, in the UK. But And I did actually part of my training in Russia. I was in St. Petersburg for a year of my, my training, but it was all in industry. So and a great experience because I really got to see the good, the bad and the ugly of, of business. So uh, we'll put your contact details in the show notes, Christine, so people can reach out to you. And uh, when they do reach out to you, what does that initial conversation look like? How do you start things off? Well, if you're an accountant in practice and you just want to understand a bit more about how you can engage better with your clients, then the conversation can literally start with, what do I need to do to get better engagement with those clients who should be looking at some form of exit in succession planning? Which actually, when you think about it, is every single client you've got. Words of advice to accountants listening that want to serve their clients better, maybe even a word of advice to accountants that are getting on a little bit, they're aging, they're looking to sell themselves. And maybe not just yet, but they're starting to become unsettled. They're seeing that day is coming up over the next five, 10 years. And I'm sure you want to be telling them that you should be planning now. What advice would you say to both those groups? So given that 100% of business owners, regardless of what your business is, leave their business in one way or another, the best way to add value and to do some value-adding exercise today is to actually start thinking about how your business could run without you. And the biggest challenge is owner reliance. So even if you only start thinking, what would my business look, look like if I was retired and, and I still owned it, still owning my business, I'm just not in it on a day-to-day -day basis, what would need to happen and what would that look like? 
And just the thinking process actually gets you started down a, a particular particular path. Yeah, that definitely works for the accounting firm owners. And they need to be getting themselves and their staff to have that exit succession plan conversation with their own clients, don't they? Again, this, the second thing that I would always say to every accounting practice owner is every member of your staff, and I mean every member, I mean the mailman, the janitor, I don't care who it is, everybody in your organization can be creating revenue generating opportunities within your business because they will all see your clients and they will see your practice in a very different way to the way that you do so have an open forum where people can actually say i've noticed this what can we do about it brilliant christian nicholson that's been terrific thanks so much for your time and your insights today pleasure thank you This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett.